and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. All right, everyone. Today we are interviewing Andrew Hara, the director of The Empty Space. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me. Our first question, which we always start with uh, right off the top, is what is your favorite scary movie? Okay, I've been thinking about this since I've been listening to your podcast. Um, I'm going to have to go with The Thing. That has to be my favorite of all time. Classic. Yeah, yeah like, I like the way that it's psychological and it's, it's pretty simple, but it's pretty, like, frightening, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with most John Carpenters. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he, especially 80s John Carpenter, he didn't miss at that time. He was at his best. Like, may we all get a streak so well. (laughs) (laughs) So what drew you to the genre of horror and sci-fi? Well, I think I've always just liked genre films in general. I think with horror, there's there's a way to, like, explain, you know, you can explore different aspects a lot easier. You can kind of play around with more things. You don't have to be limited by the physical realm, even if you don't want to. So I think it's just, you know, I feel like I always like genre, but horror especially kind of lets you play around with so many things, you know? It's why I don't ever get that like conversation where they're like, is this movie horror or not? It's like, yeah, they're all horror. Horror is so many things, it can be everything. (laughs) Truly, truly. So what, when did you know that you wanted to work in film? You know, I think I always, I always loved films. You know, I would always, I would always be the one who would like, watch movies instead of like really doing anything else you know but I think it was one time when I was with like my college girlfriend and I was majoring in veterinarian or business at that point I don't even remember which one but she was like if you could do anything what would you do and I said oh I would make movies and then it kind of like evolved from there where I was like oh well let me try I mean what's what's the harm in figuring it out so you know it just kind of went from there and it is hard you know, when you're a minority and you don't ever see anyone like you making these kind of movies, I think mm-hmm. my favorite movie um, is Hellboy, which I don't know if that counts as horror. I just made the argument against myself. But, <laughs> 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 I, think but I see it being horror. I think it's genre bendy enough to where we can like count it as a cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think like watching Hellboy and seeing Guillermo del Toro, like, a Mexican director making a movie that wasn't necessarily about Mexico or about, you know, Latino culture, but still having those elements, like it's a very colorful film, which is very prevalent mm-hmm. in Latino culture. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're able to do some of this stuff that I didn't think we were able to do before. And it was kind of like watching that and realizing like, oh, so they, they will let you if, you if you work hard enough. So I decided to, to give it a go, you know? Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, let's elaborate a little bit more if you would be into that. Like, what was this journey like? Because it is hard, especially for people of color to like get into these positions and to make these movies and have the success that you're finding, which is awesome. So do you want to elaborate on that journey a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and it started, um, you know, we, I kind of went to, I'm from El Paso, Texas, and I was going to the school there and they had like a like a film minor it was more theory than anything else and so you know I was in there and I 
I was about to get into the classes where you could do like actual film. You're, we were going to make a short film. And then like the semester, like two weeks before the semester started, they told me that they had canceled the whole program. Oh. So like I oh, no. quickly moved to NMSU because they had a new, which is New Mexico State University, because they had a new film program they were just starting. And so I was able to get into this school and like I was able to start making stuff. And that was more on the technical side to the point where it, it kind of didn't value as much storytelling. So I'm kind of glad I got that time in Ayuta. And we just kind of went from there, just kind of making, we, I made a feature called The Last Ones. Um, it's a zombie film. It's very much a student film. Like if, if you watch it, you're like, does this get cut ever? But we, and we had it, like I made it my final year of college and then I graduated and I, it was just sitting on a shelf for, I think like six years because I didn't know what to do with it you know you have that dream of like they're gonna pick you out from Sundance and buy your film and and I and like it didn't happen so I was just kind of sitting on this movie and eventually like Amazon had that program where you can just release stuff like whatever you want so I was like you know what let's put it out there and we put it out there and then we got some interest from a from a distributor who said that he wanted to help and so he got it distributed and right now it's worldwide sound like a bunch of different things um like on all these weird streaming services i've never heard of like, <laughs> there's one called like the terror that's in, in uh, thailand so yeah i mean it's pretty cool and since yeah. then like it's just been kind of trying to make stuff we i moved to la and i started having like pretty bad anxiety over there and so that's where i came up with the idea for this movie and i was just like coming back and for the last, I think it was like four years of just saving up. Because like, you're right. I mean, there's not a lot of opportunities or I mean, it's harder for us to break in. And so my plan is to kind of try to get my name out there as much as possible. And like, eventually they're not going to be able to ignore it, hopefully, you know? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, like, let's, let's make a follow-up question out of our next question. What is one piece of advice you'd like to give to aspiring filmmakers of color specifically? I think it's that your voice is important and your voice does need to be heard. I think, you know, I, you see so many things where you can tell, like even if it's an all, you know, minority cast, all, if there's not someone behind the camera who has those experiences, you can tell it's like such a big difference. Like, I mean, usually one of the, of course, Black Panther, like the way Black Panther's even like the story structure, the themes, it's like, oh yeah, you can tell. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't think there's a oh, you go, behind the camera. You know, there's that famous Matt Damon interview where he's like, oh, we don't need <laughs> it in front of the camera. Or, or we need it in front of the camera, not behind the camera. It's like, no, man, you do. You do. <laughs> Trey loves that interview. I, oh, he gives me such a headache. <laughs> It's like ingrained in my mind, like everything you said during that interview. Like, it just sort of sealed the deal on my thoughts being valid about Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I was never impressed. And then he did that. And I was like, I can keep being unimpressed. Thank you. <laughs> in the same vein of this advice giving, is there any specific advice you would give to um, writers or and or directors looking to get into the game? Yeah, I think... One of the most important things that's not looked upon that often is that you have to get your stuff out there. I mean, even if it's terrible, you kind of take the bad and you see how you see 
you can't learn unless other people are watching it that have no investment in you at all. You know, you want people who are just going to watch it and who are going to say whatever. And then you kind of have to like, I think one of the big things that you learn from notes, especially when you get a thousand negative notes, <laughs> is that you, um, you take what you want out of the note. So if someone says, you know, they hate your work and they give you a long explanation why, you don't have to agree with them necessarily, but you at least understand that this is what they're seeing and how did they get to that point of seeing this, this information? What was I trying to say? And it might just be that they didn't like what you were trying to say and that's valid, but sometimes it's like, oh, they were seeing it from a different point of view. So let me see if I want to, you know, even validate that point of view or if I want to kind of ignore it or kind of like shift it a little bit. And I think a lot of people, you know, in film school, we had a lot of people say like, oh, I make good stuff, but I've never gotten into a film festival or anything. And it's like, oh no, you got to get it out there. You know, like I hear a lot of, uh, a lot on Twitter, you hear people like they're real mad about not getting into a film festival. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> when you get out there and you've been rejected by like 150 of them, then you guys you start to like ignore it a little bit more, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yep. So you were writer and director for The Empty Space. Uh, did you find it hard wearing both hats? Or is there one area you're more specifically drawn to? I think I didn't find it hard because I knew I was going to direct it. It was kind of this thing where I knew the story was literally about me trying to figure out my own, you know, terms, coming to terms with my own anxiety and depression and stuff. So I knew that I wanted to tell that story 100%. Um, to me, writing comes a lot more naturally. I think directing is more of a challenge. And so it is always like you want, like with writing, you're, the world's open, you know, you can do whatever you want. But with directing, it's very much closed. Like you have a certain amount of days and you got to get everything done there. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think I, I'm more drawn to writing, but to me, they go so hand in hand where I don't like to, you know, if I'm going to write something, my idea is to eventually direct it, you know, by any means possible, you know? Yeah. There you go. Um, okay, so we're going to now get into some, like, specific questions about the empty space. Okay. Um, so any listeners out there, I hope you've seen the film, because there might be spoilers. Who knows what happens? Um, <laughs> so the film has won... Uh, the Sacramento Film Horror Film Festival and won second place at the Horror Hotel International Horror Festival. So first of all, congrats on all of the success this film has had so far. But, and what's it like to be on the festival circuit? Uh, well, and, you know, it, this is a lot different of a festival circuit most last year. I mean, um, we, like I said, we've gotten, we've been putting in the, the film into festivals for about a year and like, Unlike before with the last ones, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback, even from festivals who aren't, who won't show our film or who couldn't show our film. And a lot of times, you know, before, um, I always say, I always write to the festivals, like, why didn't you pick us? Because I have nothing to lose. And so, <laughs> I, uh, so I would say that. And, and before with the last ones, there was no response. It was like, I was getting ghosted by Sundance, you know? Um, <laughs> But this time there was a lot of response. There was a lot of positive engagement where festivals were saying, you know, we liked it, but because of COVID or because of this, or, you know, like one of them was having a drive-through festival and like, or a drive-in festival. And he was like, you know, your movie's not drive-in. And I was, you know, I couldn't disagree with him. 
And so they were given a lot of responses. And now, so like, which is almost a little bit harder because, you know, if you don't have a good movie, you have to eventually come to terms with that. There's nothing worse than hearing them say, your movie's good, we liked it a lot, but we can't show it for this reason or this reason, even if it's validated, yeah. you know? So that's, that's a tough, that's a tough uh, hump to cross, you know? And so now that it's kind of getting out there, it's been at a couple of festivals and hopefully we'll get into a couple more, you know, it's just, it's validating, especially because like the last ones was just a cool zombie movie that I wanted to write. It had no, no real personality or anything. And this one was a lot of me putting my personal business into the film. And so <laughs> to have people like react to it positively, is, I mean, it's like the best thing I could ask for, you know? Yeah, no, like, and that has to be scary to put so much personal stuff onto the pages and then like submit it for other people, which is a whole different process, getting that feedback and rejection for something so personal. Yeah, yeah, it is funny because like there is um, there's a character, there's a priest character, and at one point he tells the main character Amy something. And I remember I showed it to one of my best friends, and she was like, "That priest character didn't know what he was talking about," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's what I tell myself when I have when I have anxiety." <laughs> so it works for some people, but um, yeah, I think <laughs> it's uh, I, but I also think it's more exciting, you know, like especially when you see it connect with people, the themes and stuff, it's like, like I had someone who was at the Sacramento Horror Film Festival and they came back and they sent me like a long message about their struggles with anxiety and they had never told anyone and to like see someone open up based on this film that, you know, it is about anxiety, but it's really out there. And so like to be able to know that you're at least connecting to a few people, you know, that's, that's like the best part of everything, you know? Especially because there is just still that stigma around mental wellness, which a lot of us have to overcome <laughs> in order to get the help we need. And so I'm happy that we have more movies dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. And I know, especially in like, there's like this thing where people are still scared. And I wanted to show, that was one of my um, motivations for writing this script is that so many times when you see a movie about someone dealing with depression or anxiety, they have you know, it's just a character that's sad all the time. And I wanted to have someone who was able to laugh and joke around with people, but there's still something going on that they're trying to fix. So I wanted to give as realistic a portrayal of anxiety and, and uh, depression as I could. And so that like, to have people say like, oh, I understand that how it feels. It's like, okay, then good. We're, we hit the mark in one way. That we read somewhere that this film, uh, that th this was filmed in El Paso, Texas. Uh, was there a specific reason you wanted the setting for this story? Budget, budgetary. I was living in El Paso at the time. And so I, uh, I pretty much wrote it around areas that I knew in El Paso. And I kind of set it in places that I knew I could get as far as location. And El Paso is really good in helping young filmmakers where you know, in LA, they have a habit of, which it makes sense because they have so many productions, but they'll make you get a permit for everything. Or in El, in El Paso, like, if you are shooting on the street, but you're not going to be bothering anyone, you don't necessarily have to pay for a permit as long as you let them know. You know, so it was, it was basically just, just money. And plus, I like the way El Paso looks. And so it was, I was able to write with it in mind. Like, I feel like there's a lot of places people just 
overlooked because they're so busy filming in LA or New York. <laughs> and right. so the rest of the country is just like, hey, we don't look like LA or New York when you talk about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think that that's the cool thing about being able to film on location is that, you know, there's parts of LA that do look, that have, I mean, Latino, or LA has a big Latino country population, but, you know, areas of El Paso will still look unique. And so it's kind of cool to show these unique areas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I spent three years in Texas, love it, granted, but like I... I didn't get to spend time in El Paso. I'm like, oh my God, this was gorgeous. This looks like this looks like parts of the country I've been in. And yeah. I would have never known that if not for this movie. Oh yeah, well that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and Lubbock is it's a ways away, but it's still Texas. So. It is very Texas. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is very much a ways away. Also, yeah. So there, there's a lot of themes and questions presented in this film. And so like if if you could tell an audience to walk away with just one thing or one idea, what would it be? I think the main theme is just that we don't want, I want people to realize that mental illness or, you know, mental health in general, it's an ongoing struggle. Like I didn't want, originally the, the end has Amy like, it went off in, in a weird way where she was like able to heal it. And I realized like with my own dealings that it was a fantasy to do that. And it was kind of, we were kind of being disingenuous for the audience because I wanted Amy to succeed, but not necessarily like it does, you just, it does, just doesn't turn off, you know, and I didn't want that situation. And so I think that that's the main thing that I want people to know that even though at the end she is, you know, getting better, it's, she's still going to struggle with it and she's still going to, you know, it's, it's that will to fight. I think that, that I really want people to, to understand. Yeah, because yeah. that's an everyday fight. Like most things, you don't just wake up cured from a lot of stuff. You have to <laughs> do that work every day. And sometimes you have those bad days and you have to find a way around it the next day. It's, yeah, I like that as the message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very, like, it was very deliberate that at the end she says, you know, I'm going to be okay because we don't want her. It was this, you know, the expectation of, of getting better as opposed to the definitive answer of, of getting better. And I think that was very important to me. So yeah, and speaking on, you know, anxiety and getting over trauma, because of course your lead character is getting over a traumatic event that happened in her life and dealing with PTSD and that kind of stuff. Besides like your own personal experience with anxiety, were there any specific research that you did uh, in this field to prepare for the film? Uh, yeah, I, I, re I read a lot about it. It was just different. I, I really like medical journals because with, uh, with medical journals, you know, medicine, even like even now, especially now with COVID, we know that things are constantly changing and updating. So there's a lot of like reading journals to kind of get in different people's heads and different, uh, just different kind of way of thinking because it's a bunch of, you know, they all get together in that group. So it's a bunch of different ideals of, how people are dealing with anxiety and grief so I didn't want them all to seem like the same kind of situation and so like it was a lot of right. picking like oh what, what would work best for him for him you know so basically a lot of a lot of reading journals and and like picking out what was good and what was bad so again these there are a lot of characters because she has her own life and she has the group is there one character specifically that speaks to you the most or is it Amy 
Yeah, I think it's Amy. I think she's the one who, who I kind of threw everything into, you know, and I think there's, there's, there's little pieces of everyone. I think uh, with Brad, there's uh, Brad's the one who's a little bit of a, like a chauvinist pig. And I think there's that, you know, in my mind, he's deflecting. And I think that all of us kind of do that sometimes, especially me, like, uh, you try to deflect and like, push it on someone else. And now I'm trying to like, that was definitely me shedding that kind of character. Um, so I think like a, all, all of them had a little bit of of, uh, of shades of me, even if it was like the bad parts that I'm trying to like put on blast and show why it's wrong, you know? <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Because again, what we're trained on social media to only share the positives. And so people have this very curated look at all of our lives as opposed to being like, I had a really bad day today and I cried for an hour and it's fine. Right, right. right. Yeah. And tomorrow's another day and I'm, yeah, it's just yeah. going to happen, you know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So what's next for you? Do you, uh, do you have any more festivals you're going to? Are you working on another project? What's, what's next? Yeah, well, we have, um, we're still waiting to hear from a few festivals. I'm still putting it into festivals. I think um, the goal is to get it distributed. I think that if by October it's not, we'll try to distribute it just on our own um, and see where it goes. I have some connections that I might reach out to, but um, yeah, try to get into some more festivals. There's a festival in El Paso that I'd like to get into and it's around October. So it'd be nice to get it in right at the end. And yeah, I think for now, and I had actually had this plan before COVID, but COVID put a stop to it, was I want to do shorter films to, like I said, to get my name out there a little bit more. And uh, so now that's what we're working on now that I'm vaccinated. And we're actually, next week, we're going to start shooting these short films. And I kind of want to make them uh, make them so that we can just put them out there. And if like, maybe put it into a festival and if it gets in, good. And if not, then we release it. I actually did one in August. I, uh, I reached out to an actress that I knew and she was staying with a guy and I needed a guy and a girl and I didn't want to put anyone at risk. So since they were staying together, there was no added risk. And so I directed them over Zoom. The whole thing was, uh, it was about two FaceTime calls. So they just recorded it on their phone and uh, it was called the Wellness Check and we put it into about five, no, we put it into six festivals and it got into five of them. So Ooh, awesome. it did pretty good. And we released it on my YouTube page. It's doing all right. It's, so it's exciting. My plan is to make these more and, you know, maybe make a bigger one once, you know, once the idea comes along. Awesome. awesome. That's great. Yeah, keep us posted. Yeah, for sure. Those are all of the questions that we have. Is there, is there anything you would like our listeners to know before we sign off? Um, no, I think we covered everything pretty well. I think just my show, my social media is always Andrew Hada or Hada Films is what I try to keep it at, especially my YouTube page. And that's where we have all the short films and all my trailers. So that's the best way to continue supporting or looking even at my work. And it, it is so important for people to support filmmakers of color that aren't Jordan Peele, you know, <laughs> that aren't like huge and big names, which no shade to Jordan Peele. We love him as we've said before. But Let's support some indie people of color that are making films. Love it. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice. It's always nice to see us kind of as we're coming up and you see us grow and everything. So always good. Yeah. And that you know, and that was one of the things that we tried because El Paso it has an army base, so it does have this 
pretty big mix of of different people. And that's really what I wanted to show in the movie. You know, Dion plays uh, Brad and then I had Pablo Medina who plays Eddie. And I just wanted to like show different, you know, different groups of people. And so there's that emphasis. And I think I want to continue keeping that emphasis. I think when you're a minority, it's easier to like have it in, in your brain of like, oh yeah, let's let's get whoever's right for the role and never worry about, you know, like and try to get more diversity in it. And so I, I want to continue to do that. Yes, 100%. Right. Yes. Well, that was our interview. Um, everyone should run out and check out The Empty Space as soon as you can find it. Or if it's in a festival near you, maybe just stop in and check it out. So that way you can like put it together with what you've learned here and make it a cooler experience because we all like info and behind the stage information. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you to everyone listening when, uh, out there in the cyber world and make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.